you are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up and welcome into another edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. He is Tony Wiggins. I'm James Erpine, and we have a lot to get to. A quick reminder to make us your first listen each and every day here on Locked On NFL because we're daily and we're bringing you the latest and greatest NFL news. Make sure you follow wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. And Tony, we're jam-packed. Not only do we have our Week 7 power rankings that we're going to get to, we have our best team with a bad record and our worst team with a good record. But we got to start with some coaching decisions and let's start in your neck of the woods, the Jacksonville Jaguars, because something tells me, despite his first win, Urban Meyer made some questionable decisions in London. He made one, and i tell you what it was. And the reason why I really wanted to discuss this is because it's almost like it just wasn't him. It's like it was contagious. I think guys are overthinking themselves, man, a little bit, and everybody's looking at analytics and the numbers instead of just worrying about the feel of it. So listen, I always say numbers don't lie because people go numbers don't lie. Men why men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie, right? I say numbers don't lie, but they don't tell the whole truth. Boom. So what happened is I'm gonna give you a scenario. They're up 17-13. It's fourth and two, solid two yards now, right? They don't convert. It's in the third quarter. The kicker can kick it. It's a chip shot field goal. You would go up 20 to 13, seven point lead. If the Dolphins score, they tie. Now I've heard every excuse in the book. Well, you haven't won, so you need to go for it. You, you, you're, you're trying to, you're trying to get the win. Of course you're trying to get the win, right? I know you're trying to get the win, but in a scenario like that, if you're a bad football team, being a bad football team, isn't an excuse to do dumb stuff that bad football teams do at some point you have to say what would a good football team do they kick right so the logic and i'm explaining this to you so you can so you understand the logic here is that well they haven't won so you got to just throw the kitchen sink at everybody right that's one thing the other thing is that well they didn't think that they could stop anybody and they hadn't made a field goal all year here's my point you know how they won the game the other day and i'm glad they won i'm glad for the fans they won the game because even though they did that and they, and they got stopped, Miami took the lead 20 to 17. Then the Jags tied the game up with a 54 yarder, longest kick of this kid's career, right? Then Miami got the ball back and the Jags stopped them. What do you mean? They stopped them. And then the Jaguars made a very good call. Everyone thought they were going for a Hail Mary with six seconds to go. They threw a little five yard slant, called a timeout with one second left. The guy kicks a 53 yard field goal and they win, right? So I'm thinking, mm -hmm. like, when Urban made that call in the third quarter, people got upset at me because people after the game saw it as if I had just made it in real time, and they were like, who cares? We won. Let me tell you why. Because all weekend I saw coaches do the same thing, and it was dumb, dumb, and dumber than dumb. We saw it again on Monday night where they should have went for the field goal. I'm just tired of all of these coaching decisions being this way. You can't run from the grind. If you think you have to go for it and get up by – 
uh, uh, 11 points because you can't stop people and because you can't kick. Isn't it ironic? And I'm and I'm rambling here, but isn't it ironic, James, that they actually won the game because they made not one but two 50-yard field goals and they sandwiched the fact that they stopped Miami at midfield? The very thing you're afraid of is the very thing that saved you after you made the bad decision. Yeah, I look, there is something to be said about this new era and way of thinking to where it's almost like field goals don't matter. Well, they do matter. And kickers matter in having one that can kick and make, you know, long field goals like that. What a weapon it is. Right. And so, yeah, I think when you're, especially when you are a bad team, giving up that momentum, and I'll use the Jags, for example, because I was at the the other Jags game this year where you could argue they should have won. They're up 14 nothing. They go – they go for it. They try to extend the lead on the Bengals on Thursday night football to 21 nothing. And I might have done that. I would have had a different play call, but I might have done that. And they don't get it. And I think that's when the Bengals said, okay, we're going to win this game. And right. it, it's time for us to, to show we're the better team and, and stop playing like they did, right? And that's what happened. And the Bengals went on to win the game. But in this, and I'm not against analytics by any means, Me but in this analytic driven era it's almost like oh well the numbers say this you need to do this well momentum is a thing and sometimes you can't quantify it and so when you're up seven versus you're up four I think that matters especially against a bad Miami team so I, I get exactly where you're coming from and I understand the people that just look at the numbers but it, it can't just be numbers. Otherwise, every NBA player would always take a three or they would just take a lamp. Well, mid-range does matter some, okay? I'm sorry, analytics. Like, it just, it does. Scoring does matter. Points do matter, even if they don't come in, in, in seven-point touchdowns, right? And so, yeah, always going for it. I like long field goals more than I, you know, it's not like I'm saying, oh, well, they should have punted on the 40. I, I don't like that. But most of the time, if you can get a field goal and you're confident in your kicker, and the Jags certainly should be moving forward. I Obviously, the Bills, they had a chip shot, and they have a great kicker in Buffalo. You could argue that. And, uh, you know, if Josh Allen doesn't slip, maybe we're having a different discussion. I don't necessarily hate it for Buffalo to go for it there, but I do agree with you. They were the better team, and if you feel like you're the better team, you should be okay with overtime because that sure. means, hey – we're going to flex our muscle and we're going to, we're going to beat you in overtime. By the way, I think Buffalo would have won that game in overtime. If I had to guess. I do too. I do too. So this notion and that these coaches, and we're going to get into bad IQ football teams here in the second segment. And I'm glad you let me set that up because you told me yourself, you said you were, you were at the Bengals game. So you didn't, you wanted me to set the scene for everyone who didn't know what was going on in Jacksonville, but it happened all around mm -hmm. the league. But this sure. notion that somehow we've started hustling backwards. We think, uh, good team. If you're the better team, we can extend the game. They know, don't. I want the time to run out because if I'm better than you, the likelihood that I'm gonna beat you, the more we play, is in my favor. The second thing is this: if you're not a good team, why are you doing low percentage things like going forward on fourth down? Mm -hmm. Do the safest thing and put yeah. the money in the bank, right? If you That's have fair. disposable coin then you can fly to Aruba on a private jet. If you don't, you, you bargain shop and you save as much as you can. The thing is, is for some reason, fans have allowed this, and even media, they've allowed this, these things that we say that have no truth to them. 
but we haven't won a game, so you got to do anything you can to win. Yeah, you know what you do? You you, you play smart. You and get the you, points when they're there because you haven't scored right. enough. <laughs> right. Yes. Don't, you, you're not good enough to overcome and to be out here risking everything. You're mm-hmm. not. Why does Richard Branson jump off of buildings and cliffs? He ain't got money. He don't care. If you break his leg, he'll get it fixed. You feel me? It's it, it, <laughs> This thing just bothers me that for some yeah. reason, because you're a bad team, you have to take chances that you shouldn't take. It's the most ridiculous thing. And Brian Flores did it the other day. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it here in segment two on a Wednesday. And I know it feels like I need counseling, but I'm I'm going crazy watching some of these games. Yeah, we will talk about it because I, I, I'm shocked that the Dolphins are where they are. And we're going to get to the best team with a bad record, the worst team with a good record, plus Brian Flores, as we continue here on a Wednesday edition of Locked on NFL. But I got to tell you about an incredible app called Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. And all you got to do is take your smartphone and whether you go to the App Store, if you have an iPhone or Google Play, if you have an Android and download the app Get Upside And when you do that, use promo code TOUCHDOWN and you're going to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents per gallon off on your first fill-up. So check it out right now because it's free money. You take advantage of that and then you can bank it, much like Tony Wiggins is talking about money in the bank. You can save it and put it towards whatever you want. Maybe it's uh, you know Jacksonville Jaguar stock after that big win, even though I don't know if Tony's buying his team either way. Check them out right now. Download the app for free in the App Store or Google Play. Get upside. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents off your first full tank. Again, code TOUCHDOWN with the Get Upside app. Locked on NFL on a Wednesday. James Rapine, Tony Wiggins. Uh, by the way, I saw you on Locked on Bengals dancing, you know. I'm a, I'm a I hit him with, with that you. Michael Scott, that Michael I saw, Scott man. I, I saw, I saw. You know, we, we, we you know, I'm, I'm with you. I'm feeling you. I like the one when you were in the chair backing up. You know, with your shoulders rolling a little bit. Oh yeah, and, that, uh, that's that's the norm. See, I was at Ford Field, so uh, at Ford Field, I was I was kind of limited with what I could do, and I was like, right. hey, I'm going to stand for this one. Right. <laughs> uh, at least you have reason to celebrate. A lot of teams don't have reason to celebrate. One of them is the Dolphins, and the Dolphins were expected to be a team that really, really made some noise this year. Ain't happened. Uh, one in five. In fact, right now, they probably have the second pick overall, and it wouldn't even belong to them. It would belong to Philly because of some trades last year. So as it turns out, um, they, they, they're in a bad, bad position, and they can't even benefit from it next year. I, I don't want to laugh at them, but I just think it's funny. And the reason why is because they did a lot of stuff over the last two years that it was unorthodox, but their record gave them a mulligan. So, you know, you trade Mika Fitzpatrick for nothing. Yeah. You sign Byron – well, not for nothing. You got a first-round pick, but now he's an all-pro. You signed Byron Jones, who had never had a pick, and gave him uh, 10000 gazillion dollars in free agency. Um, you, you signed Kyle Vannoy for one year. He plays well. You let him go. So it's like all of these things they kept doing, and you're like, at some point, you got to pay for that. Mm-hmm. Now, guess what? Rent's due. And they are making a bunch of boneheaded decisions. Another one. They did it on the field the other day. They went on uh, at the end of the game. That's why the Jaguars were almost in field goal range. Um, at the end of the game, fourth and inches, and they lined up in the shotgun. 
I'm just trying to tell you how these these decisions that and these things that they do, they used all of the timeouts on the previous drive before that. And then when they could have actually uh, challenged and questioned something, they had no timeouts. So, yeah, they um, Brian Flores might have gone from this uh, young whippersnapper of a coach to a dude that's on a yeah. hot seat in like that, like overnight. Well, you know what really cost him of, of all the decisions? There, there's two to me. And, and the first one's Tua. The fact that you you looked at Justin Herbert and evaluated him and you looked at Tua Tungavailoa and evaluated him and you said, Justin Herbert, you know, we're passing on him or we're going to take Tua. I get it when you watch Alabama versus Oregon in, in the film there. You know what I don't get is when you evaluate them as prospects and what they can do. I know for a fact the Bengals had Justin Herbert ahead of Tua Tungavailoa. Obviously, they had Joe Burrow ahead of both of them. But just to give you an example – that NFL teams had to a third on their board quarterbacks wise. And, um, it, you know, it's not just me going back and revisit revisionist history saying that. So that really cost them. You want to talk about ceilings of your team and hiding some of those mistakes? Well, if you had Justin Herbert, he could help do that. So that's part of it. The other part is, and think about this, they traded up. They have the worst offensive line in the league, arguably. They traded up and they took Jalen Waddle. And, you know, trading up is one thing. But trading up with the Eagles and in taking Waddle, that's costing them right now. And uh, you know, there was rumor that they were going to be in the you know the quarterback hunt potentially and all that stuff. And look, it's it's uh, they're a Damian Harris fumble away from being zero and six. And You're I'm right. surprised because I thought they would be probably second in that division behind the Bills. So right. I'm surprised they are where they are. But you know what they're going to have to do, Tony, is they're really going to have to try to get a Deshaun Watson or an Aaron Rodgers this offseason and really push because it just seems like they have some flaws that without elite quarterback play, they're not going to be able to make up for it. And that's not all Brian Flores' fault because he he's not making those uh, personnel decisions. I don't think he's the one who drafted Tua Tungavailoa over Justin Herbert. And I know the Dolphins really wanted Joe Burrow and the Bengals, uh, you know, they weren't interested in a deal. And so they, they took Tua. And it was clearly the wrong decision. Yeah, it was. And I like Jalen Waddle as a player. The guy I comped him to, though, was Tyler Lockett. My thing is, do you move up and take Tyler Lockett? You trade up to get Tyler Lockett. You don't. And as good as Tyler Lockett is, and this is not to 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 cast aspersions on him or anything, and Jalen Waddle's good. But unless you have somebody on the other side, you're going to get what you got from Jalen Waddle the other day. Jalen Waddle had 10 catches for 70 yards. Because everything is... Let's get him the ball real quick and see if he can make a guy miss. St. Alabama, yeah. you ain't making guys miss. Not, not unless you're Tyreek Hill. And everyone not four guys either. You know? Right. <laughs> and everyone thinks he's Tyreek Hill because of how fast he looks. I keep telling people when you watch guys in college, understand something. They're not. I saw Reggie Bush get away from everybody in college. The first time yeah. I saw Reggie Bush in the NFL getting the open field, he got caught. It's it's a different thing. And yeah. You know, you just don't get away from people like that. And you can't depend on that unless it's like an outworldly uh, player like Tyree Hill that looks like he came from Mars or somewhere. But it just doesn't happen very often. So they, uh, they've they got some issues. They've got some serious issues. And maybe what they thought they could do is just draft from Alabama or Clemson every year because it seems like they're, they're really targeting these big schools when it comes to picking their players. But it's not working out. It's not where you really – they have some team-building issues, and I do think that if this doesn't get better real soon, you're going to see Chris Greer and you're going to see Brian Flores in the unemployment line looking for a job. Yeah. 
It's it's tough. It's tough when you you're rebuilding and then you're ahead of the rebuild, but the picks that you were using to rebuild you get wrong, right? And I'm right. not saying two is completely done. And I do like Jalen Waddle. He played well. I mean, both of them played well the other day. They both played yeah, well the other day. It's yeah. It's it, it's just when you have this like two, it doesn't look generational. No. Jalen Waddle, I think, is really good, but the reason Tyree Kill and there was a a viral post, and I'm not saying Tyree Kill is only made because of his quarterback. There was a viral tweet that went out, and it was like an, a, a side end zone angle of Patrick Mahomes and him zigzagging, and then throwing back off his back leg across his body to find Tyree Kill against Washington. That's what makes it special. You put Tyree Kill as great as he is on some of these teams. And his ceiling is much more limited because of his skill set. And it fits perfectly with what they have in Patrick Mahomes. Now, Jalen Waddle and Justin Herbert, oh, baby, that sounds good, right? I don't know if it's a great fit with Tua. And um, and I just – I don't know enough about Tua right now. You, you know, I don't think – not enough about him. I don't think we've seen enough from him to be like, okay, we can't question that fifth pick. It just comes back to that because if Herbert was there, I don't think they're one in five. I think they're firmly in the playoff mix. Right. And you're talking about Josh Allen and Justin Herbert playing each other for years and years and years. So, uh, you know, the Dolphins are what they are. And they're a, a team with a bad record. And unfortunately for them, I don't think they're the best team with a bad record. And I, I think you're going to stay in the AFC East. I'll go to the NFC, though. Uh, to me, the best team with a bad record right now is the San Francisco 49ers. I think they're going to find their way. I think that. They're uh, especially with Seattle dinged up like they are with Russell Wilson out um, and Chris Carson out. I think that the 49ers are going to make a push here and, and still be very much in the uh, the playoff picture and make the playoffs. Very, very well could. Um, uh, I agree with you. I, I think they've been very competitive. I think they've had an early season schedule, too. That's been a little bit rough. My team yeah. with the, the the best team with a bad record, I think, is the Patriots. I think they've had some bad luck, man. Look, that close game yeah. the other day against the Cowboys, the Damian Harris fumble. It, it's just they they could very well be four and two, very well, mm-hmm. very easily could be a four and two ball club. Consider they're doing it with a rookie quarterback as well. Uh, I do think uh, they're probably the best team uh, with a bad record, and they will probably give and be a headache. I don't think anybody's going to blow them out. I, I really don't. Not moving forward. I think the way they're built defensively and the way that they play, considering that they, you know, traded away Stephon Gilmore. J.C. Jackson's a real good player. I saw that the other day firsthand. But they, I think once they hit their stride and they find themselves, there will be a problem. There will be a problem for for a lot of teams. All right, we're going to see who everyone around the Locked On Podcast Network believes is a problem and an issue for everyone else. Because our power rankings are out. And here on Locked On NFL on Wednesday, that's what we do. Our third and final segment will be devoted to talking about those power rankings. And James and I will do it in just a second here on Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. Today's episode of Locked On NFL brought to you by McDonald's. And whether it's a Happy Meal or a double quarter pounder with cheese, maybe the chicken McNuggets, which I love, man, or you know, maybe it's a salad. Maybe you're, you're going the healthy route. Either way, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where family and friends come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supply of fries and McFlurry. So 
win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, away team can come to recharge. Look, I went to McDonald's on my way back from Detroit after I covered the Bengals beat the Lions on Sunday, and you should check them out. They're everywhere. We know that, and we know how consistent they are. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. And did someone say a locked on NFL watch party? Tony and I might have to have one of those. So check out McDonald's. And as always, I'm loving it. I'm loving it too. You know what else I love, man? I love me some Built Bar and I love the salted caramel. In fact, the other day on social media, I said I was hungry when I saw a commercial and someone goes, you ought to try the salted caramel Built Bar. And I was like, you must listen to my show because that's my favorite. And it could be your favorite too, man, because they have nine great flavors. They have that one and then they have eight more. They're all covered in 100% chocolate and the macros for a guy like James that hits the gym all the time. Well, they're fabulous and they're even good for old fat guy like me because I can eat them and I can do it guilt-free because they taste so good and it tastes like you need to be on the candy bar aisle, but they're not. They're a protein bar. And guess what? It's the best one you've ever had in your life. And you can get them at BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off of your next order of Built Bars. Now, listen, the macros are outstanding. Between uh, like 17, 18 powerful uh, grams of protein, only 130 to 180 calories, four or five grams of sugar and carbs. So, the thing is, man, you can eat them, and I'm telling you, you can enjoy it, and you don't have to worry about packing weight around your waist. Built Bar, BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your next order. So power ranking times here, man. Go ahead, Jamie's yes, power rank. Go ahead and run it for us, man. Power rankings here week six. There we oh. go. There's our power rankings, and it's about damn time, Tony. The Arizona Cardinals are number one. Yes, Shout sir. out to the Cardinals. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm going to pull these down for a second. Good job, Arizona. It's about time, and Locked On NFL Network, that you got it right. I've been voting for the Cardinals, number one in the power rankings for like three weeks. Uh, MVP Kyler Murray undefeated. They crushed the Cleveland Browns in my home state on Sunday, and uh, they're legit, man. No Cliff Kingsbury, no problem. So uh, I think well-deserving of that top spot. And it's kind of funny. Are these my power rankings or are these the locked-on NFL power rankings? Because the Bucks are second. That's exactly where I had them. I believe the first five are exactly how I had these teams. Ravens third, Rams fourth, Bills fifth after their loss followed by the Packers, Cowboys, Chiefs, Chargers, and Titans. That is your Locked On NFL Power Rankings Top 10 for Week 7. I actually don't have that. My top five, the top four are correct, but my fifth team is the Dallas Cowboys, and I don't know what it's going to take. The, the Dallas Cowboys' loss was, to, was a walk-off to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa on opening night. Other than that, the Dallas Cowboys – have been so explosive offensively and they've been opportunistic defensively as in terms of being able to rush the passer and make big plays in, in the uh, passing game, interceptions, pick sixes. To me, they have what is the recipe for a team that's going to make noise. And that's a team that can make plays defensively, even if they bend, bend, bend and give up some points. They can come up with that sack or they can come up with that key turnover because that really matters late in games, especially in the playoffs. But the thing is, they're never out of a game because the guy who's in the MVP running with Kyler Murray is Dak Prescott. He is doing, saying, and being all the right things. 
they don't have any weaknesses offensively. In fact, if you don't have a third or a fourth corner, you're in trouble. So I got Dallas in my top five. Um, everything else looks pretty good. Also, the Chargers took a little bit of a step back the other day. Definitely want to put the Ravens up there because the Ravens are surging. The Titans, I would probably rank them uh, right up in that seven or eight area ahead of the Chiefs who have those three losses and haven't looked good in some of the games that they won. But Tennessee's won three games, and now they've uh, really, really turned it on here late. So I do love the top ten. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think you could be right about the Cowboys. But look, it, it, the Bills who were in the top spot, they dropped the five with just one loss. Uh, I think I might have had the Cowboys six instead of seven. Uh, ahead of the Packers, but you know, it's not much different uh, to me in, in, you know, that top, really the top eight, because I I will see about the chargers, but the top eight, I think, and and you cut off at the chiefs. I think there's a drop off there. And then nine and 10, uh, you know, you got the chargers, Titans and Browns. And then after that, I think there's a huge drop. So 11 through 20, it's the Browns, Saints, Raiders, 49ers, followed by the Bengals, Steelers, Seahawks, Vikings, Broncos, and Panthers. And so, like, to me, how many of these teams do I think are actually good? Well, I cover the Bengals, and I'm still – I still think the verdict is out on them. They head to Baltimore this week. We'll learn a lot more. The Seahawks, I think they're as good as done. And, you know, maybe they should uh, bring in Cam Newton, even though it doesn't sound like they're going to do that. The Broncos, they lose to a Raiders team that – if the Broncos were good, they had no business losing to, and they just get manhandled, honestly. And I, I just I don't think Denver is very good. So you're talking about the 19th best team in the Power Pole, and I get it, they're three and three, but I don't think they're that good. And that that's the thing is the back half of these power rankings, they were tough for me to put together. Yeah, the back half is hard, especially when you get right there in the middle. I do like the Bengals. I have to. I'm cognizant of the fact that a couple of their wins were against teams that had that at the time they played them hadn't won games yet um in the last couple of weeks last few weeks but i am going to sit here and tell you that i got to remind you they picked joe burrow number one for a reason two years ago because they were bad and they're Mm -hmm. finding a way to win games and when you look at the triplets and i know the triplets really were in dallas in the 90s but i think about how good joe burrow is how good joe mixon is especially now that the talent around him is improving and you saw it all in one play the other day. A little flip pass from the quarterback, uh, Burrow, to Mixon. He's running down the field, and there's his buddy blocking for him, Jamar Chase. I think they got a superstar at every single position. And I think that C.J. Azuma kid is really, really good at tight end. If they tighten things up defensively in that offensive line, I think the Bengals could be on their way up a little bit. Here to Finish us off with those last 12. Well, you got the Panthers at 20, like I mentioned. Then it's the Patriots at 21, Colts 22, Eagles 23, Bears 24, Washington football team 25, followed by the Falcons, Giants, and Dolphins 26 through 28. Your Jaguars moving on up to 29, the Detroit Lions falling to 30, the Jets 31, and the the Texans, excuse me, 32 after their ugly, ugly performance against Indy. Yeah, Houston Texans are rightful, uh, rightfully uh, claiming their spot as the worst team in the league uh, after fooling us all with, with that tough, uh, you know, that big game they beat the Jaguars with early and then playing tough for like two weeks after that. But uh, pretty soon you are who you are and it'll show up. Uh, the Jets, the Jets actually won a game right before their bye week, so they're getting a little disrespected here. I think everybody likes the kneecap eaters up in Detroit because they just seem like they're scrappy and they play really, really hard. 
At 28 and 29, I have to flip them because the, the Jaguars just beat Miami. They're one and five. They got the same record. So I'll actually flip them. And then I put the Jaguars ahead of the Giants, too, because that's a hot mess. Did you hear what Orlovsky called uh, Judge? He no. Calls, he says, uh, Dan Orlovsky and ESPN goes, players don't like Timmy Toughnuts. Oh, Timmy, man. A coach that's Timmy Toughnuts. So nobody <laughs> likes it. Like, you talking all this crap about being tough and we getting mollywopped all over the place. He said, players don't like that. So Orlovsky said it, and Ryan Clark Ooh. lost it. And I was screaming when I saw it on TV, but he's got a point, and I do think – shout out to my man Flip Flop, too, over in Sassua, Uh, But he's a Giants fan. I, I think if there's one coach that's going to get fired here real soon, that's who it's going to be. It might be. You know, it might be. And, you know, maybe he'll make his way back to New England because I think New England's made some uh, boneheaded coaching decisions, uh, you know, special teams-wise as, as much as anything the other day that uh, potentially cost them. So, yeah, I – uh I think the Giants, they need to show something. And it's uh, Joe Judge flash like mid-year last year where I thought, oh, maybe they're trending in the right direction. And that uh, that does not appear to be the case right now. No, it doesn't, man. But, hey, i tell you what is the case. The case is, man, this has been a great Wednesday as always. And we are the first listen here on Locked On NFL. Second listen should be the Peacock and Williamson podcast because they are the truth, man. Those are the OGs of this whole NFL podcasting game here on the Locked On Podcast mm-hmm. Network. A uh, great analyst in Brian Peacock and a great, great former scout with the Pittsburgh Steelers in Matt Williamson. And they give it to you like no other. So make sure you subscribe and like to the uh, Locked On uh, Podcast Network, Peacock and Williamson Podcast. Uh, it's free on all platforms, just like Locked On NFL is free on all platforms. Jamie, it's been fun, man, but we got work to do. People don't realize do. behind the scenes, both of our dogs was driving us crazy right before we started to record and, and acting all wild like they don't want us to record. So they behaved long enough for us to get the show in. But we got to go. Y'all got to go, too. Y'all ain't got to. I don't. You can stay, but we're going to leave. And, and uh, those guys will see y'all tomorrow on Locked on NFL. We thank you. We want y'all to take care of each other as you as you always do. And we appreciate you joining us, and making us your first listen here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you very much.